I honestly remember the first time I ever saw a cellular phone. I don't know why I remember it, but I do. I, uh, I was going into this, I was in college, I was going into this small electronic store, and this guy had this bag. And it was about, it, would, it kind of reminded me of a shaving kit, a travel shaving kit, a dop kit. And in it was a phone, and you, you plugged it into your, into your cigarette lighter. And how many times have I thought back about, wow, I wish I would have had the situational awareness to be clued in in that moment to what was about to happen over the next 10 years. Man, I, I, I think I could have had a lot more money than I have now. And then came the flip phone. All of a sudden, you can put a phone in your pocket. And, and then after that came the smartphone. And that literally changed life as we know it. There's no going back after that. The irony of it is, like my sons, they have no frame of reference to October 23rd, 2001. That was the launch date for the iPod. Nor do they have any appreciation for June 29, 2007, the launch date of the iPhone. Those were the launch dates of two times that the history of the world changed. And here's one of the, the things I think sometimes we all forget. Let's just take Apple for a second. Everybody looks at the iPhone, but they forget that Apple literally changed the way music will be sold and consumed forever. I live in, in the Nashville, Tennessee area. The iPod and all that it did literally changed the landscape and the history of music production and music businesses to the point that it'll never go back. But my sons, they have no frame of reference. They just know life as it is. But it doesn't change the fact that those events were real. There was a turning point. You know, I think in my mind like a radio signal. Whether I turn the radio on or whether I don't, Right now, there is a signal, thousands of signals, transmitting through the air, and I've got to tune my radio to that frequency. Now, it doesn't change the fact that that frequency exists, whether I tune in or not. But if I do turn on the radio, I can tune into something that was already going on. You know, um, for me as a Christian, um, I really grew up with this misconception that if you follow the rules and you do all the right things, that bad things won't happen. Um, because for most of my life, I hadn't had anything really bad, bad happen to me. We had our first child, Ian, um, in 2008. And we had a great first normal year. And when he was um, 16 months old, which is not very far into having a baby, we started noticing some symptoms that were not normal and went to the doctor thinking, okay, I just need my doctor to explain away all this and something easy and uh, we'll go home and everything will be fine. That was the day that everything changed for us because our doctor had to tell us that our 16-month-old son had a cancerous brain tumor. The God that I had believed in and grew up, you know, worshiping and believing was there, and then I knew that I could turn to him, and I, through the couple months, had to then begin to not only turn to him, but had to believe that he was gonna be there. From that point, everything for me, for my relationship with Jesus became, this is somebody I believe in to someone, this is someone I have to put 
all of my trust into. Like every detail of my life has to be completely in his hands because otherwise I will fall apart. In the first century, there was a man named Luke and Luke was actually a doctor. Uh, and Luke decided that he wanted to write down in narrative form everything that had happened in the life of Jesus and then uh, what happened after that, after his death. And, um, and so at the end of Luke's gospel, there's this story. It's, it's Sunday, and I wanna paint the picture for you. It's Sunday, and there's two disciples, two men that were a part of the group that traveled uh, with Jesus, and they took a seven-mile journey from the, the city of Jerusalem to a town called Emmaus. And while they were walking along the road, they were discussing everything that had happened uh, that weekend. And, and I mean, if you remember, this is, if you know the story, maybe you've heard of the story, this is when Jesus uh, is crucified, uh, put to death on the cross and he's buried, uh, and then he rises again. Uh, and so they're discussing all of these things as they're walking along the road and a man joins them. Now we know in, in reading what Luke wrote down that it's Jesus, but the two men didn't realize it. And so Jesus walks up and joins them on their journey and he asks them, what are you two talking about? Uh, just with so, so much intensity, what are you discussing? And he said, and they look at him with this, this look of amazement. They're like, how do you not know? Are you the only person who is visiting Jerusalem right now who doesn't know what just happened, uh, what just took place? And he said, well, what are you talking about? And they relate to him, they tell him, so there's Jesus, he was a Nazarene, he was a prophet. They even say that he was mighty, he was, he was powerful in his words and his deeds. In his, they knew his power came from God. Uh, but they share with him that this man had been arrested and put to death by the chief priests and the rulers of their time. But it's what happens after that that I really wanna focus in on with you, what they share with him. And so uh, this is actually Luke 24, chapter 24, and I'm gonna start uh, in verse 21. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. Jesus was alive. He was resurrected. And this had never happened before. They didn't know what to do or what to expect. Jesus is looking at them and he says, don't you realize, ultimately, that, don't you realize what this means? The resurrection shows that Jesus beat both sin and death. And that truly changes everything. You know, a few minutes ago, I talked about the, the iPhone and the iPod and how those events change history and how one can overshadow something else that happened. You know, the, the resurrection did beat death. That's the chief thing that it did. It, 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 Jesus coming out of the grave changed history, and it changed your history, if you'll let it, forever. But there's something else that the resurrection did. You know, Jesus didn't just come out of the grave to offer us forgiveness of sins. Because think about it. If, 
once I come to that realization, once I go, you know what, I am going to repent and I do want to have purpose and I do want to have, you know, forgiveness of my sins. So uh, I want to go to heaven. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Jesus to forgive me. But there was something else that happened that day. Between the time of Jesus coming out of the grave, there was another event. He walked on the earth. Eyewitnesses saw him. Scores of people witnessed the ones that the same people that witnessed Jesus dying and buried him were the same ones that saw him come back to life. And it was the greatest event in the history of the world that will ever happen. Jesus lived among us, and then Jesus ascended, and those same people saw him, and he said, go. He, after the resurrection, something else happened. Life was launched into this thing we call the kingdom of God. It forever changed the way we live. It's a frequency that's going on, whether you tune into it or not. It's a signal that you can tap into. Jesus didn't just come to come out of the grave and forgive you of your sins and call that, call that a game, call it a day, you know, sign up, and let's, let's leave it at that. No, no, there, there's way more. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Some of the ways we felt like he showed up, not only is Ian well now, I mean, we've seen miraculous healings, you know, we've seen people show up that we didn't know existed that were prompted to be a part of our journey in some form. They had just kind of felt like they just needed to come sit. We have learned through this that the church is this extended community of just people who love each other and have a singular focus. There was a, there was a night Ian actually had relapsed with cancer two years ago and this time he's older and more aware of what's going on. And so it's a little bit more visible, like when he's in pain, you kind of know more why. I felt completely helpless again. I was back to that point of, there's nothing I can physically do in this moment except pray. And after you've done that for a long time, you're exhausted. You're physically, emotionally, spiritually spent because that's a lot of work. <laughs> and it was in that moment where the Lord was like, you have people you have people who will pray with you. You are not alone. And I picked up my phone and I started texting people. And I said, here's what's going on, pray with me. And I just remember almost audibly hearing the Lord say, go to sleep, it's taken care of, go to sleep. And I did, I went to sleep with complete peace over me. And when I woke up the next morning, fever was broken. He was talking, he asked me what he could have for breakfast, and all was good. And I, I went back to my phone, and all these text messages had gone all night. I'm praying for Ian, God woke me up in the middle of the night. He, I didn't know what was going on, but then I saw your text message, prayed for Ian. They were being the church for us that night, praying him through a crisis, because I was exhausted and I couldn't do it by myself. We became one body, just as the scripture says. We became one body, and we were all one voice lifting up to the Father, and He answered our prayers that night. The journey that we've been on with cancer within twice, you know, we've had a financial fallout from, from that, you know, and what church has been for us has been people showing up and meeting our needs. You know, we've had people 
like I say, cut the grass when we had to leave for an entire summer and fall. You know, we've had people who would bring us meals, you know, uh, people who would babysit when we just needed just a little bit of a break because we were about to, we were breaking. Uh, people who, we had, we had checks show up in a mailbox that we were not asking for that came out to almost the penny amount of what we needed to fix a car that broke days before. How would someone know that? Right. Um, it was text messages in the middle of the night of people saying, hey, I'm praying for you. What can we do? I'm thinking about you. I love you. Uh, it's a hug. You know, it's just, you know, people constantly being what we needed when we needed it and when we didn't know we needed it. That's what the church is to me. You know, as much as I wish that, that this was not our story and that, that Ian didn't have to go through what he's gone through over the past 10 years, I would not have the relationship with Jesus that I do now. So how do you pray? Well, the way you pray is based on do you believe? Whether or not you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, it doesn't change the fact that he did come out of that grave. And it started a movement. Do you believe? Have you repented and have you believed on the name of the Lord Jesus and ask him to be the boss, the CEO, the, the, the God of your life? And have you given your life to him? Because if you don't, then, then there's real consequences for that if you don't do it. But, but the good news is you, you literally can have a home in heaven. You don't have to go to hell when you die. You can literally enter into a relationship with God for heaven in the afterlife and for purpose in the real life now. Do you believe? But there's another question, what do I do next? Just like a radio signal is out there and you have to tune into it, there is this thing going out and it is called the kingdom of God and you can join in on it. I want you to listen to an eternal truth that the scriptures tell us about the church. And the kingdom of God is more than just a church but it is about the church. Is the church broken? Absolutely, because it's full of broken people. But you know what? There's no plan B. The church is the greatest gift to humanity outside of Christ that God's ever given us. When the Apostle Paul was talking about his personal calling, he said this, that he was sent to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. The manifold wisdom of God, the plan of God, the heartbeat of God, the mind of God was sent through the church. So if you want to experience purpose, it's not that you have to go to something under a steeple. No, but right now, wherever you live, there are people in churches. You need a church. You need a body of people around you so that you can live out the manifold wisdom of God, his plan, his purpose for your life. And that's where it starts. So how do you pray? You pray, you repent and you believe, and then you join the kingdom of God found in the church. And that's where you're going to find your purpose. You know, if you've got questions, we know. We don't just believe, we don't just think, we know that God has answers. So we've set up a tool called answers at clearview.org. It's an email address. 
And if you will email us, I promise you one of our pastors will contact you and we will start working with you to get you moving down the road to finding your purpose and your identity in Jesus Christ and his call on your life specifically. Hey, would you consider one other option? I promise you, if, if you're looking for hope or if things are a little bit weird in your life right now or you're just struggling or your heart is, is, is aching for, for something new, there's a friend of yours that I guarantee you has some of those same thoughts. Would you be willing to text the link to this video to them? Or maybe email it to them? Uh, maybe even go so far as to put it on your Facebook feed or any of your social media feeds. Send it to somebody who's searching for hope. I'm telling you, Christ has answers.